episode 15 with Natalie Lawrence on the Nine Point Starting with the Dream podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nine Point Start with the Dream podcast, where our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them to be real and authentic about their journey. I'm your host, as always, Colby Gillum. This episode is just really refreshing and a lot of good vibes and good energy here. Today's guest is Natalie Lawrence. Natalie is a former soccer player and she is the founder of the Female Athlete Mission, also known as The Fam. And Natalie kind of just goes through her journey as an athlete and kind of how she kind of found the gospel and kind of found her, her faith, how her perspective as an athlete changed and how she kind of played with more energy and joy and just how she's now using that. Her experience and I share that message with other female athletes. Love her passion that she speaks with and the message that she's trying to share to help other athletes know that they aren't alone on their journey. So I hope you enjoy and let's get to it. The question I like to start with people that come on is when you were younger as an athlete, what was like your biggest dream or goal? Ooh, um, well, I grew up in um, Orange County, California, so I feel like where I grew up, there was a lot of pressure to just be somebody in some way or whatever that looks like, and as a female athlete, there's not a lot of, like, future, I guess, for, as an athlete, it's not like, oh, I want to go pro and I want to go make a ton of money in girls soccer like that doesn't really exist unless you make it to the women's national team or whatever it is there's just not a lot of future so I think growing up my goal I just wanted to play at a D1 school I wanted to play soccer at UCLA that's where my dad went that was that was um like you know the all-time goal but as I started to like grow and was walking through high school, I started to realize that that was unrealistic for me. Um, And at that point, it was just like, okay, I just want to play in college now, you know? So I would say that, yeah, that was probably my biggest goal. Awesome. Most athletes that come going is like, my goal is go D1. Start with, we all kind of start with that, that goal. That's pretty cool. Totally. And, and then you think though, like, you know, that's when you're 21 and then, then what? <laughs> that's your only goal that you have set for yourself. So, so how did you kind of go around um, kind of making that dream reality going to college and playing soccer? Yeah, well, it's kind of a long, it was kind of a long journey. So when I was uh, high school, I played field hockey, track, soccer, um, was really into just, I love just sports. Yeah, soccer was definitely my main focus. So um, I was getting calls from these small schools and, and looking back, that was awesome. And that was way more me anyways, but I just, my ego was too big and, um, I was not a Christian. I had no faith. And so for me, like my worth was all in my performance and was all in whether people were going to notice me and know me. And so, um, I went through a lot of, um, a lot of, decisions where even I got to a point where I was like, maybe I shouldn't play in college because I'm not going to be able to play at a big school. And maybe I should just try to get in on grades alone. And maybe then I could walk on. And so I started to apply and this was like, you know, senior year of high school and ended up not getting into my dream schools, even with grades alone. So, um, and I'd worked really hard in school for that reason. And so I kind of went to, got to a point where I decided, okay, I got into University of Oregon, 
who's a top school, you know, Nike. I'm going to wear all that swag, like all the gear you talked about earlier. And I just thought like, okay, I'll be a Pac-12 athlete. People will know me back in Orange County. I'm going to have been like become somebody, something. So I got in and I decided I'm going to walk on. And that coach had actually known my high school coach. So it, it really seemed like stars were aligning for me to go there and to play. And so um, they said, you know, the coaches were saying, get fit and come in the summer. And you're going to start with us while we, as we finish our, our college ID camp. So that's like where all the high schoolers come in. And then, and then after that, as long as you're fit, you'll be on the team. You've got a spot. So that was, uh, that was my goal now, just to get fit. I got there in the summer. Two weeks, camp goes by. At the end of it, coach pulls me in their office and says, you know what? We've decided there's actually not space for you. And so, yeah, I had put all my eggs in that basket to go and play at this school. And I truly, I know that I was good enough to be on that team. Um, it, it was just so, such rejection. And I was going to that school though. I couldn't back out. So I was already up there. And that time of my life was really gnarly. I, it was really dark and I, um, I was a failure. I had experienced that failure. I, I had to tell everyone at home I didn't make it. Um, I had had a boyfriend and we had broken up and well, we were together, but it was just really weird and I didn't have friends and I didn't have the sun because I was in Oregon. I'm a Southern California girl, so it was all cloudy and I was just mopey and sad and depressed and lonely. And, um, but that was the point, I mean, can talk about this later, but that was the point where I ended up finding out who Jesus was and about who God was. And he really, God really picked me up. And so even at my most, like, you know, lowest, most depressed point when I was the biggest failure, I was still good enough for God. And so it, my life turned around 180 and I decided to transfer to a division two school in San Diego, um, where I then walked on to play there and, um, ended up by my last year was on a full ride scholarship and was um, team captain. And so, but it, it was, I got to play soccer when I transferred, I got to play soccer in a way that I was free from needing to, um, to prove myself anymore because I was already good enough for God when I was at my lowest point. So then I just got to play free and I wasn't trying to earn worth. I was just playing because I genuinely loved the game of soccer and the success came later but that wasn't what I was playing for. I was playing because I loved it. So that's kind of a long story short. I kind of rambled there, but um, yeah, that's kind of my journey to college soccer. So when you kind of, I guess, kind of hit that adversity for the first time, what, how did you kind of find your way to God or how do you kind of go through that loneliness and how do you kind of bounce back from that? Yeah, well, I think like growing up, I was always the person that worked their way up to the top. I never was really, I never started at the top. And so I moved to a better team and I, I knew if I just worked hard and I asked the coach, what do I need to do? Then no matter what I could get there. And I always did. So, um, you know, as a freshman on varsity at, at in high school, I was not 
good enough to be on that team. And, but there are all these older girls that pushed me and I, I grew because I could, I saw the challenge and I met it. And this was the first time when I went to college where I just figured, you know what, if, if I just walk on and I make it onto the team, um, I'll be able to work my way up. But this was the first time that the, the door just slammed shut. And it was like, actually, you're not even going to get a chance. Um, so I think it, it wasn't just the fact that it was kind of the first rejection that I had gotten, because I think I had, I'd had those little setbacks as I, as I um, was growing up. But this was the first time I was like, you're not even like this, this really is rejection. Um, and so, um, well, I mean, I guess I'll take you to when I, one day I was alone, honestly, I was alone in my dorm room and I decided to, to play club soccer. So I was playing a little bit here and there um, a couple days a week. And, um, but, but honestly, I was dealing with homesickness too. And I was still dating the guy that I was saying, which is a big part of the story. So I'll talk about it. Um, he had become a Christian. So he had grown up in, in the faith, but not really was kind of like distant from, from Jesus. And when he was going into his freshman year of college as well, he came to know who Jesus was. And so I was experiencing almost rejection from him in a way, because here I am not a woman of faith and he's going off into, you know, like to become a Christian. And I started feeling not good enough for him and all these things were going on. So at that point, I didn't even think twice, oh, I want to know who God is. (laughs) I still was just like, oh, he's chosen this other flavor of ice cream and I'm on taking this flavor of ice cream. So I didn't really even think about it as something I would have wanted. But um, I was alone in my room one day and and I texted my my boyfriend, who's actually now my husband, plot twist. But he- I know. So he told me, Google Proverbs when you are feeling sad. I had no idea Proverbs was the book in the Bible. So I decided to Google Proverbs and I found a verse that said, um, basically, trust in the Lord with all your heart and he'll make your path straight. And I, that was very attractive to me. I had no path. I felt like my path, I don't even, I mean, it's not even like my path is zigzag. I don't even have a path. And so I'm like, I want to know who Lord is, who is Lord. Um, and so when I was alone one day, I just, I got on my knees and, and figured this is what people do when they pray to God. I put my hands together on my bed and I just started crying and telling God, like, if you're real, I, I want to know who you are because I'm, I'm lonely. I'm a failure. I don't know anyone here. Does anyone want to know me? I don't know. Um, I want a path in life. I just literally told him everything. And the most supernatural thing happened in my life. I look back at this all the time and just think like, wow, God is incredible. But I shot onto my feet and I felt like there was almost a light switch inside of me. And I got goosebumps all over my body and I wanted to dance. And I look in the mirror, I kind of like, you know, like kind of jumped and I look in the mirror by my closet and I see tears coming down my face with a big grin on my face. And all I could think of is like, Natalie, you have lost your mind. Like you are going crazy. But then I was like, or God is with me. Like whoever I just prayed to is in my dorm room right now. 
and I'm not alone. And so I took that experience and I was like, who is God? Because he's real. He showed up in my room that day. He made me joyful when I was not joyful. I was lonely and depressed. And so I ended up getting connected with a church and finding out, um, you know, getting like small groups and just like I am as an athlete, as someone who's just intense and all in all the time, right away when I was like, who is God? I like looked after, looked to find who he was with the same intensity as I do in my sport and was like, who is he? I studied it. I read about him. I listened to sermons. I listened to music. I asked questions to everyone. I got into like, you know, all these different small groups. Um, and a couple months later, I, I committed my life to, to Jesus Christ for the rest of my life. Um, so that, that's, yeah, that's kind of the story of me finding out who God is. That's, I love, I love it because yeah. I think like, nothing like what you're saying here is like, knowing that you're not alone, you know, it makes it, makes you give you that that type of confidence that it's not just a person that's behind you it's something bigger right yeah I think that's exactly it it's it's knowing I mean prayer is incredible because it's you knowing yeah knowing that you're not alone knowing that even at your darkest lowest points God is there and he wants to listen and hear you and so there's something about being accepted even in that time um when you don't have any walls up anymore it's just you and God and um, that really gave me the strength to keep going too, knowing that even though I didn't have anything to offer God, I felt really just, you know, nothing to offer him. He was like, that's okay. And so from that point going forward, I knew in my life that like, no matter what I do, what I have to offer, um, what success or failure I had, that I was enough for God. And that's a powerful thing for an athlete to feel when an athlete is all about, you know, success, fame, um, you know, having something to offer <laughs> or else you'll get cut. But that's not how, you know, Team Jesus is. He's not going to cut you if, if you're not fast enough. Praise, praise him that he won't. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. Yeah. So, I, so I kind of found this, this, new, this newfound life in you. Um, how, did, how did that like, like affect you when you came to soccer and how you kind of approached the athlete life? Yeah. So, I mean, it's where, it's the reason I transferred. So um, I, I, I was a business major as a freshman at University of Oregon. And uh, I, as soon as I found God, I was like, I want to do something where I'm working with people and I'm helping them because that's, that was the only thing that felt like it made sense to be doing. And, so I decided to do something in medicine and I was like thinking kinesiology. I think I want to help work with, could work with athletes, you know, um, working with, with athletes the way that I was, not that I was injured, but just that athletes are all seeking answers in life. And I could be there, you know, I could help them physically and mentally. So I started looking for schools that would have, um, that would have that program, some sort of exercise science kinesiology and, and so when I found Point Loma, it's a small school in San Diego. A lot of people probably haven't heard of it. Um, I saw that they had that degree program and I was looking online at their soccer program and um, I, I prayed a lot about it. I said, you know, God, this, I still have a huge desire to play soccer. I, I love it. And, and I'm good. Like you've given me these gifts 
Like, can I use them still? was kind of my question. And so I decided to transfer to Point Loma, regardless of soccer. I wanted to go there. I, I wanted a change. I wanted to be closer to home. I wanted sun, beach. Another thing is Point Loma is right on the ocean. And there's incredible surf break right there. There's actually like three different points. So I grew up surfing. And so I was like, oh, I could surf, you know, in between classes. And um, so when I got there to start this actually, I'm going to tell the story because this is just too good. So I, the coach said um, I was going to be a practice player. He saw a video of me playing in high school that I'd sent him. And he said, yeah, come and be a practice player the first year. Then come in spring. We will talk to you about um, whether you're on the team. So um, being a practice player, I was like so fired up. You know, I went from not being able to play at all to being a practice player at a, at a different school and just thinking, I'm going to have a coach again. I'm going to, I'm, and I worked so hard. I was, um, I just had this energy and this fire to continue to play and knowing that, that, you know, with God on my side, it didn't matter if I failed, if I didn't make it, it just mattered that I was getting, you know, God had fulfilled a desire of my heart. You're going to get to keep playing soccer, even though it was just a practice player. So I played so hard and I got there that, um, you know, the beginning of the school year and um, the team had already started, but I wasn't allowed to come till after, after when school started. So I show up and the whole team's looking at me like, who's this chick, you know? And, uh, and so I get there and I play hard and, I, and you know, we're starting a training and um, they're kind of tired already. They're a few weeks in or a month in and I'm fresh. So, and I'm just excited to be there. So, and I was able to play with joy because that was something that God gave me too. Like I had said, ever since that time in my room, there was this joy in my, in my soul that, that wasn't going to be, you know, put out with anything. I was just joyful. So I was working hard and playing with joy and Right before, it was Saturday morning, about a week and a half after I got there, I got a phone call from the coach. And he's like, what are you doing today? Or what are you doing right now? I'm like, well, I'm at breakfast with my roommate. And, and he's like, you want to suit up and play today? <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, yeah, we, we play at 10. And it was like, or it was about nine. He's like, can you get here by 9.15? I'm like, okay. So I'm, I like run over there, get to my locker. All of a sudden there's a there's a locker for me. I didn't have a locker with a, a Jersey hung up on it. And, um, I was at that moment I was on the team and, uh, I got to get subbed in about 15 minutes into the first half. And I literally never got subbed out. And that was, I have to tell you, that was the best game I've ever played in my life. I still don't even know. I was playing outside wing and I was just dribbling up the side, cross it, running, run back, cross it, run back, run, cross it. I had like so much energy. I have no idea. It was like the Holy Spirit in me just giving me all this energy. And, and, uh, so that was incredible. That was God saying like, see, like just play for me, play with joy, play because you love the game. And I'm going to bless, I'm going to bless the results. And he did. So somehow I was on the team after that. And I just, I think the biggest difference with, well, there's a few things. The biggest differences in my playing once I found God was playing with joy just constantly, playing with um, 
without, with freedom, knowing that no matter what the result was, I was good. I, I was okay. So that's a freeing feeling to just be able to play. And those were the two things. And without, yeah, without having my worth or my identity wrapped up in soccer, soccer was just something I did. Soccer wasn't who I was anymore. And, um, yeah, long answer. <laughs> uh, that's, that's great. So for anyone listening that, you know, has that pressure that they got, that, that, that they have to perform day to day, how do you get given like maybe like a tip or advice kind of how to seek that freedom to just play well, you know, being bogged down to pressure like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one question to ask yourself before you do anything, if you're one of those players who really feeling a lot of pressures, just to ask yourself, who am I doing this for? And why am I doing this? Um, it's a little scary when you hear honestly your motives in your heart. If it's, I want to be famous or I want to make this coach proud or I want to make myself proud. Whatever it is, I think that's a really good place to start. Because I think sometimes as athletes, we don't even really know why. We just we just know we have to do this. But ask yourself why. And um, the second thing is I really encourage you to go to God. Because no matter where you are, who you are, um, what your giftings are, what your talents are, God is going to accept you exactly who you are right at that moment whether you're a winner or you're a loser, that's not what God cares about. God wants your heart and God cares about who you are as a person. And all he wants is for you to go to him. And so when you get to a point where you know that God loves you unconditionally, he's never going to love you less if you do bad. And here's a huge key. He's never going to love you more, even if you do well. He is never going to love you differently, however you do in your sport. Knowing that is going to give you the foundation to be able to just play with joy and freedom because you don't need to prove yourself to God. And that is my biggest encouragement for you to know that. And if you don't know who God is, I encourage you to find out who he is. Open up a Bible, pray. I mean, I found out who God was and I had never opened up a Bible I didn't really know who he was, but he still showed up in my room that day. And then I saw and I asked questions and I got a small group, but I really encourage you to dig in because I think that's the key to, to being able to play free from, from pressure and free from that anxiety. Um, and that stress and that fear of failure. Oh yeah. I even, you know what I even started doing because even after I found out about who God was and became a Christian, I would still get anxiety. You know, I'd be in the middle of a game and all of a sudden I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, I'd go down that funnel. I imagine, literally imagine a funnel where I'd be like, I suck as a player. I suck as a person, you know, I'm too slow, whatever. Like, you know, as athletes, we can just go down those, those weird like funnels when we're playing and we start playing bad. I started to do this thing where I would look at the flagpole. So there was a flagpole right by right by the field, and every time I looked up the flag flagpole was my trigger to pray, was my was my trigger to recenter myself on God. And every time I looked up the flagpole, whether I was at practice or games, I'd look up, and even when I would forget, I'd look up at the flagpole and be like, "Oh yeah, God, you're with me." And I would just do say a quick prayer, and it would recenter me. And I mean, I'm not going to say it was always easy, and and that I was I was always perfectly mentally strong, and and 
free, but, but that was enough to recenter myself always to just be like, you're right, God, like, you know, perspective. I'm still getting to play the game. I love still getting to play soccer. Um, thank you for a body that works. Think like, you know, it, it might go to thank you prayer. It may go to, it may even go. Sometimes I would ask God, like, help me play better right now, please Lord. Like, but it would just resetter myself. And so that's another thing you can do is give yourself a trigger, a, a cue. Um, I had a friend that started to do every time she touched her shin guard or would fix her sock. She would do that a lot. That was her trigger to pray. So find something that you do regularly on your, on your court or on your field that will be your trigger to pray and recenter yourself. That's fire. That's, that's very unique. And I like that. Yeah. Just like add a little key that kind of plays in your head. So as you kind of work on, um, as, as you kind of ended towards your career as a soccer player, what, what were you thinking? Like what was next? Yeah. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the fam. Um, well, I, I graduated college and what I really wanted to do was go home and share Jesus with all the mini me's that were in my town because I, there are a lot of little girl soccer players in Orange County. I mean, Orange County is big and girl soccer is huge. And so um, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go coach. That's going to be the best way that I'll be able to talk with high school, junior high girls and share with them about Jesus because no one shared with me. Um, there's a lot of my story too, as a high schooler, I was really caught up in boys. I was really caught up in um, body image, what people thought of my body and, and all these things. And I just wish that someone had told me that Jesus loved me. <laughs> I mean, that message alone, I wonder if that would have impacted me. So um, I, that was my first motivation was to come back. And, and in that time, it took me about a year and a half. I, I coached and I worked a little bit at my church um, doing women's ministry. And I worked at the YMCA. I taught exercise classes. And I, I found out about Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which is a ministry for um, um, all athletes, mostly high schoolers, but all athletes, any sport, um, basically using um, the platform of sports to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I found out about FCA and actually someone in FCA had approached me about starting a soccer ministry in Orange County. So that's what I that's what I'm doing now full time is I've gone on staff with FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes to do just soccer ministry. And what I do is I run um, quite a few Bible studies and small groups with different soccer players. I help coach and just kind of volunteer with different high school teams and club teams and mentor quite a few girls. I do some stuff with the college players in the area because we've got quite a few colleges around here. Um, a lot of mentoring, mentorship. And in that, I, I started to have this passion of just the fact that as a female Christian athlete, there wasn't a lot of inspiration or places for me to go when I was an athlete to learn and to grow. How do I do this? How do I be a Christian athlete? You know, I wish I had a place where someone would tell me, like, you know, look up at the flagpole and pray every time you're playing. Little things like that where just how do I do this? How do I, um, how do I be a godly woman as a soccer player? And I just wanted to be inspired. 
And so, and I started seeing that a lot with the girls that I'm working with, with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So what I've done recently is I've created a website called the Female Athlete Mission. And so we call it the FAM. And the whole heart behind it is it's a community of female Christian athletes who are all just wanting to talk honestly about being what it's like to be an athlete and what it's like to be a Christian athlete and about just talking honestly about faith and being a godly woman on and off their playing field. And so I use it a lot in my job with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes because I'm working with a lot of girls that I'm able to share it with. So basically, I, I, I decided to just do it. I decided I had this idea about starting this website blog where we would hear about different stories of different women who were doing it, who were Christian athletes, who wanted to talk honestly also, who had a story to tell and had something that God had taught them. Um, and so I, I started dreaming up of this idea of having a platform for them to share their stories to then inspire all of the younger female athletes. And all sport-wide, even though I work specifically with soccer players, my dream was like, let's get volleyball players, softball players, basketball players, let's, let's go all sport-wide. And so one day I just decided to do it. I started the website and, and an Instagram and all that stuff and just started to get different stories and different women that I had met along the way that were, that were, um, that God had, had grabbed hold of their heart and they had learned something in their sport about it. And so that's what, what, um, one of my biggest projects now and most exciting things is I think it's threefold something that's really cool. So the first thing is that it's there for, to inspire and encourage female athletes. I want them to be able to read an article and for them to be able to feel understood and kind of like, yeah, me too. Like I feel that. And then encouraged to then go out and do and change or grow and some sort of action point um, to move forward with it. So I think that's the number one. Number two, I think it, it creates, it gives women voices. So these women that are writing, I've had high school girls write articles. I've had college players write articles. And then I've had um, coaches and retired athletes write articles. I think it's awesome because it gives them a voice because now they're in a place where they're, they're able to give back, first of all, um, and that's empowering. But it's also empowering because now they're setting themselves up as a, as a leader in this, as someone that maybe, maybe this article is asking them questions that they, they hadn't asked before and for them to be able to articulate it and then share it maybe that will make an impact on their life as they move forward. And I just think that the more women that are speaking out um, and telling their story and telling what, they're lear- what they've learned, it's so empowering to have something that other people are going to read. And it's gonna, it empowers us to be leaders. And I think all women need to be leaders. We all need to be leaders of each other in one way or another. Um, and then the third thing that I think that it does is I think it creates community. Because as you start to read, oh, other people are doing the same thing. They're feeling the same way as me. Oh, they've done this to, to grow and get better. I want to do that. First of all, you feel connection with the person who wrote it. There's also like maybe you're going to share with a teammate. Maybe you see on Instagram, well, there's all these other people following or there's all these other people that are commenting too. You start to feel not alone. And I think as a Christian athlete, if you're on a secular team, you may feel really 
alone. You may be like, am I the only one that knows about God? Am I the only Christian here? That might be isolating. And um, so I think this is a place to feel community. And one day I dream of this, of the FAM, the Female Athlete Mission, being something that, that has small groups all across the country, small groups of female athletes growing together. Um, I dream of it also being a podcast like this, having just having women talking to one another about, about being strong female Christian athletes. Um, that, yeah. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now, along with working for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yeah. Awesome. It, it's very, it's very mission driven. You know, that, that, that's dope. The fam. That's, it's catchy, you know. I love it. I have to give credit to my husband for coming up with the name. Well, oh gosh, I admitted it. Okay. Well, actually, we went back and forth for a lot of things, but as soon as he threw out, what about, what, what about female mission? We thought, bam. And then right away, we're like, that's it. That's it. It's got to be it because it, it's everything. It's, it's a community. We're a family, but it also gets that it, it explains what we are. We're female athletes on a mission. So yeah, exactly. So good. So as you're kind of growing this, so like say someone's listening and like they want to, they want to get started, you know, like, like how do you tell each other like your athlete kind of first meets kind of how to kind of approach that journey within the gospel, just, you know, kind of feeling, maybe not their faith, kind of, it's like, some people, it's like a very, very kind of overwhelming, you know, but oh, like, yeah. Yeah, totally. how, do you, how do you kind of help them maybe kind of get their foot in the water a little bit, kind of get out there a little bit? Yeah, ooh, that's actually a, that's a really good question. I think, um, I think if you are, a, if you're listening to this and you, yeah, you're intrigued or you're interested, for me, I started, like, my faith really did start by reading the Bible. The Bible is really scary because it, well, it's not scary. It seems scary because it's really big and the writing's really small. And you're like, where the heck do I start? Um, So, but I really believe that, um, I think that our faith needs to start with finding out more about who God is. Because if we just try to start by like living, okay, I'm going to live as a Christian. I'm going to go be a Christian. I'm going to go, you know, yay Jesus. But you don't really know who Jesus is or who God is. Then your whatever you're doing is kind of on really rocky foundation because you, you don't really know who you're following. And if someone were to ask like, well, what does that mean? Or who is God? And you don't know how to answer that question. Your faith might might crumble a little bit because you're like, you're right. I don't really know what I'm talking about. So I really want to encourage you um, to get a Bible and to read it, Um, which that still is a scary thing, but there's, um, I'm just going to explain this. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament, and the New Testament is the last few books in the Bible. It's a smaller section, and that's when Jesus comes into the story, and so I think the best place to start is the beginning of the New Testament. So there's the book of Matthew. Mark, Luke, and John. Those are four different books. They're the first four books of the New Testament. And all those books are, is a story. It's the story of Jesus's life. So you are going to get to hear the beginning of Jesus's life till the time he died on the cross for you. And you can read that yourself. You don't need someone to tell you about it. You don't need, um, 
to read a textbook about it. You can read it yourself right now, even at the end of this podcast. You can go open up a Bible if you have one. If not, you can even look it up online. Read the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, or the book of John. Those are the three I would read. Um, and the reason why, just a quick background, the reason why they're that person's name is because Matthew's the one who wrote that book. So it's Matthew's account or Matthew's view of Jesus's life. And Matthew wrote all about it. Then Mark did the same thing. Mark looked at Jesus's life and Mark was with Jesus. So he wrote out the story of what, what it was like, what Jesus's life was like. And so I really want to encourage you. That's the first step is go read about who Jesus is and what Jesus's life was about. Um, and then the second thing is I just encourage you to find a community whether it's online or you go to church or find someone. If you know one person in your life that you've heard talk about Jesus, text them. Something where you know you're not going to walk through this alone, find them. Uh, I encourage you, find the fam, the female athlete mission. Um, The Instagram is just female athlete mission, no spaces or anything. Um, There's a website. And right away, you can find other female Christian athletes doing the same thing. And you don't need to be a scholar to be able to understand these articles. These are real life athletes. These are real life women. And I think right away you'll start to see it's less scary. It's, it's not as big. It's um, just taking it one step at a time, learning one lesson at a time. I've only been, you guys, I've been a Christian for uh, five years. <laughs> I haven't been a Christian for very long. And every day I'm learning. I'm reading the Bible every day, and even though I've read it, I'm learning new things every time I read it. You never really become an expert. We're all just learning and growing. So um, wherever you're at, you're at the perfect place to learn the next thing. So yeah, I hope that still doesn't feel overwhelming. If it does, message me after this. I'll, I'll leave the link at the bottom of this as well, kind of they know where to find you at for sure. Because I think, think what you're doing is something that really needs to be, needs to be done. You, you hear about face this, face that, but, but, but like, if you don't really know what that means, it's like, you know, like how do yeah. you get started? So much respect what you're doing. Yeah, I think actually if you ask a lot of people that say like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. If you say, what do you believe? A lot of people don't know. It just sounds good to say like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and even like just another thing that I really care about with with the female athlete mission is there's a lot of um, awesome people. I don't, I'm not talking against them in any way, but you'll, you can even Google, you know, Christian athletes and you may find an NFL player that points to the sky after a play. Now that's awesome. That's not a bad thing at all, but I want to go deeper. I want to know who are you pointing to and what does that mean? And do you think about God when you play and, and, like, what does it mean to give glory to God? Like, what does glory mean? I want to go there. I want to read scripture together and figure out, like, what does that even mean? Um, I don't want to just point to the sky. I want to, like, I really want to know what that, what more to the story. So that's what the Female Athlete Mission is about. Love it. So a question for you is more for me, but how did you go about getting people to write? Well, that's probably the biggest thing. That's what I'm working on now is, is how that really looks. My first, at first I reached out to women that I knew personally and I had a, I just have like a PDF. So if you're listening to this too and you're interested in writing for even the fam, this is what, what I would do is 
I send you a PDF. So the PDF is kind of a guideline of how to write, what the fam is about, um, some keywords that I would just encourage you to, to remember, you know, like story, honesty, vulnerability, just some of those keywords. And then um, I ask for like one central Bible passage for every article. Um, I kind of have a word count and a few things like that. And then I, I send that out to what's happened so far is I send that out to people that I've known that I talked to prior and I say like, yeah, do you want to, do you want to write for this, um, this thing I'm working on? And most people are like, yeah, I'd love to tell my story. I'd love to share. I'd love to share this thing that God has taught me. So I'll send them that PDF and I'll give them a deadline and just be there for questions or whatever. And then they'll send me the article. We'll work through it together and then I'll post it. But recently I've, I've, um, and I give free reign. I'm like, write whatever you want because I feel like God has something to tell through everyone. And I would never want to tell someone, you know, what to write. But with that, a lot of times we're getting a lot of similar, um, similar topics. So I've, I've, I'm kind of getting to be the point more where it's like, share with me some ideas that you have and then let's pick one together. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing. Another thing is I've started to reach out to people that I don't know. So just through um, social media or friend of a friend, I'll just reach out and say like, this is what I'm about. I think that you, like God would have something really cool to tell through you. And I would love to, to maybe have you write for, for us. And so, and then I'll go through the same process. But um, I love, I love kind of the friend of a friend thing right now that it's going to, because somehow, you know, like people are writing that, like I would just have soccer players because that's who I really know. But now we're getting like, we've got a couple really fun articles um, in the queue coming up here soon, like a basketball player at UCLA, softball player at uh, Stanford, um, these other sports that were, we're, oh, even a, um, a girl who does um, skeleton racing in, in the Olympics. Like what? That's so cool. So just the more that, the more that the fam grows, the more that people are hearing about it and, and um, the word is getting out that I'm looking, always looking for writers. So, yeah. So it's been great talking with you and kind of just learning more about your story. So, so I guess like I'll end on this. Um, what did your favorite, what's your favorite verse? Ooh, love it. Um, right now, well, I would say my favorite life verse for me is um, Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2 are really good, but Romans 12, 2 is what really set my life, um, kind of changed the trajectory was when I heard this. I was like, really? And it's, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, perfect will. And so just knowing that when I found out about Jesus, I realized, oh my gosh, I don't need to do what the rest of the world is doing anymore. I don't need to conform anymore. So conforming is like, oh, you see everyone else wearing a pink t-shirt? Okay, now I need to wear a pink t-shirt. Like that kind of thing. It was like, oh, I don't need to do that. I don't need to drink alcohol and go to parties anymore. That's not really what I wanted to do, but I felt the pressure all throughout high school. That's what I needed to do. I don't need to be famous in my sport to be someone that matters. I don't need to conform to that way of thinking. Instead, I can be transformed and be renewed by God if I choose God. 
And the end of that verse says, when you do that, the more you choose God and you choose not to conform to the rest of the world, you'll be able to know God's will. And don't we all want to know God's will for our lives and for just the world? The more that we, we, we turn to God, the more we'll know his will. And it also says his will is good, pleasing, and perfect, which is just an incredible, incredible thing to remember as you go about your day. Um, that God's will for you is good, pleasing, and perfect. And just to choose God, and you will come to know that will more and more every day. I love your energy. Like, I can just feel like you're, like, your passion, your excitement. So it's, it's awesome to, to see and hear right now. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Glad to help for sure. And I'll let you enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy San Diego. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon, Natalie. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Nine Points Started with the Dream podcast. I was your host, Jacoby Gillum. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can check out more about what we're doing with Nine Point at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, talk to you soon.